What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. Twenty almost over, man. What's up? Yeah, we're almost over. You've got more news. I'm in stress land with this move, uh, but uh, we'll get into all of that, I'm sure. Are you feeling yeah. good? Otherwise, I- I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I uh, lot lots of updates, of course, on the Vegas front. Yeah. Uh, shows going on here. Yeah, because a couple of weeks s- ago you made the announcement you're coming back. It was December seventeenth, and, and you're like, uh, boom. yeah, yeah. Uh, even plug for people said, "Hey, listen, support mm-hmm. live entertainment." And that all still stands. And we're working really, really hard on the the upgrades to the show. You might have seen, uh, just shared some stuff on Instagram. What's going on in the theater right now? Yeah, we're doing up scenic upgrades, cool. theater upgrades, and of course, the downside is it's all for 2021 because yeah. of local officials' uh, kind of restrictions and whatnot uh, due to the pandemic. Essentially, no shows um, mm. are, are going to be. Yeah. happening in las vegas for the time being due to just um gatherings they just Can shut everything down 50. everything down yeah so so here we are but it's 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 kind of a relief for me mm-hmm. because i'll tell you what setting a date does when we set the date it really puts a fire under everyone involved including myself so it's like even though we all kind of have an idea that because of what's going on and we can kind of see the direction that numbers are going in, yeah, we kind of think, okay, there's a good chance that, like it has been for the past eight, nine months, the date of being able to reopen shows is is probably, chances are going to get pushed further again, right? Right. But when you set the date, it really <laughs> is like, well, there is that off chance that everything could work out and come whatever that day is, come that day you have to be ready to do a show so now we know now we know that it won't be uh as soon as we we hope we could do it but i am excited for whenever that is so in the near future we'll announce 2021 dates and it's definitely going to be worth the wait uh lots of exciting things happening in the theater with the scenic and theater upgrades and also new magic going into the show so very exciting uh, it's just a matter of when. Yeah, and it's not about, you know, rushing to get in, you know, for the holiday season. It's all about the safety first, and that's the priority, too. So, you know, as as uh, tricky as it must be to be like, oh, we're going to get going, and then oh, hold your horses, kind of, uh, you know, back and forth roller coaster of a ride that is 2020. I'm sure you understand, and, you know, you, you want to stay safe yourself, and you want your audience to be safe as possible, and, you know, uh, just make sure everything's good to go when you can open safely. Yeah, and we just don't know when that is. I anticipate my personal feeling is that gathering size will not be increased Yeah. Uh, anytime soon, just based on the trajectory of numbers right now. So the way I see it, Vegas shows in general can be in one of three positions right now. One, some have actually done shows and mm-hmm. had to sort of pull the plug yeah some have set a date and had to to backpedal from that like myself mm-hmm. and some have just sort of been dormant i guess would be the right word none of those three situations is particularly ideal <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> you know? not at all so i can't be upset about being in any one of those i mean they just it right. is what it is so we're all dealing with and look there are a lot there's a lot going on right now for yeah. people. Yeah. So in general, uh, people are dealing with hardship across all industries, across all different things. So uh, I'm just happy to be healthy and happy and, and 
planning for a positive future. Yeah, that's smart. That's the way to do it for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I know our listeners are excited when they can see your show again. So that, that'll be something to look forward to. One of those post-pandemic or as we wind down the pandemic uh, goals for everyone. <laughs> the way I see it, we're in the seventh it. inning. Yeah. We're, we're close to the vaccines. We're, we're going to get there. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with you? Oh, just uh, uh, speaking of uh, vaccines and COVID, it seems like uh, if you are like me and went to Home Depot for uh, for some apartment needs, uh, by the number of people who are at Home Depot, you would think there was no COVID. <laughs> there was no pandemic. It was unreal. Like, So I'm obviously moving uh, into my new apartment throughout this month, kind of back and forth, scheduling it all around my virtual shows, which is super stressful to like figure out when I can break down my whole studio and then put it all together again in the new place uh, is tricky. But, you know, uh, when you're moving into a new place, you got to get, you know, certain equipment. And uh, even I had to get some even moving boxes and uh, Home Depot was the place to do it. But boy, was it jam packed. So many people. And you can't, it's hard to like even social distance from people in the aisles. It's like, I don't know. It's so crazy. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, certain just, businesses are flourishing, apparently just trying to stay safe. And it's just so weird. I guess technically home repair might be, uh, you know, essential business, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, but there's so many retail stores open and some of them, I'm like, you are definitely not essential. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture you in home Depot. Is that a place you feel at home or is that a place where you feel like, Oh, I don't belong here. Uh, I, there's certain aisles I feel at home in the ones I frequent <laughs> and some when it's just like big slabs of lumber, I'm like, Nope, <laughs> I, cannot. I feel so out of place in the entire store. It's like, I can't put together drywall. So, uh, I feel out of my element here, but, uh, I like the, the duct tape aisle, boy, do I frequent that aisle <laughs> for my show. <laughs> That's right. Is that where you source your duct tape, Home uh, Depot? Uh, wherever the local hardware store is, usually on the road, yeah. Why, why wouldn't that just be like an Amazon and you travel with it? It's not that big, a uh, roll of duct tape. Yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes TSA confiscates your duct tape. and uh, Is that true? <laughs> yeah, it's happened many times, even though you can fly with it. But I think maybe there's something sketchy about uh, when they're going through my bag and the x-ray and they see a roll of duct tape and a blindfold next to each other <laughs> should probably put those in separate compartments really <laughs> yeah or just like maybe include like a little video with it of you doing your act yeah, and be yeah. Like, yeah this is why or just like imply like some people are into some stuff i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think that might be why they're confiscating yeah, if i don't if i don't want to get into the uh, mind reading thing i'll just let them assume other things uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I've been pretty good so far. I, I already made uh, you know two full car trips over to the new place, bringing stuff. I have so much stuff, man. I got. It's tell such you. a to do, isn't it? There's so much stuff. How did I? I acquired over seven years. So many things. And I made a trash bag today of of clothes for Goodwill because yeah. If you haven't worn it in a long time, or if it's stuff like at your house that you're like, I haven't used this in yeah. X amount of years. I think it might be time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's some, all Do you this, throw anything out? There's all this stuff, though, that I was like, I'll get to this eventually. <laughs> That's the trap you don't want to fall in. This is how you become. This is how you get your next TV spot, but it's on Hoarders. Yeah. 
<laughs> Someone's already already brought up hoarders to my attention. <laughs> is, is that true? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, I I'm think not you that posted. Bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You posted something on Facebook about like not wanting to throw things yeah. out, which is actually not why I brought this up. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I referenced the Marie Kondo. Do you? Uh, did you watch that show? I never got into it, but I know the whole. You're supposed to pick things that spark joy and keep those. And I was like, I have all the things that uh, these things because they spark joy. <laughs> you know. It's right. Like, I don't want to get rid of that, but uh, but yeah, it's so f- interesting because I found like prototypes for like half ideas that I was working on, like that I'd bring mm. up at my Amazeball show, and I'm like, do I keep this? Do I not keep this? Did it work? I can't even tell now in the pandemic because I can't like try it again in front I of a live audience, issue. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I tossed a few things and I like just made a note of it in the um, in in my notebooks just because I was like. If I made it once, I could probably make it again. So I could find right. the materials and everything like that. But uh, yeah, there's some some strange stuff I found. All these like boards with pegs and nails in them. It's like, what did, what did I even use this for? I have no idea. I had a prop made recently. There was a prototype. And then I had had it made professionally by a talented person here in town. And, uh, and then a backup as well. Do I throw out the prototype now? Uh, well, do you need it if you have the prop? I got to be honest, I'm never going to use the prototype. I'm not even sure I'll use the prop. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is going to sound super arrogant and maybe like fantasy land, but like some of the things was like, do I keep it for my future museum? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's I, I, I really don't think that way, but Tiana does. Yeah. She, like she has this fantasy that I'm going to have some sort of, you know, like a Copperfield curated yeah, museum yeah. someday, <laughs> which I really don't even intend on having for any right. purpose, really. No, because yeah. I'm just not an organized collector in that way. But, oh, I don't know. I never know what to keep and what to get rid of. And I don't want to jump ahead to goals yet, but yeah. I, I, I can very much relate to what you're going through right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think it all started too when I just had the deal or no deal cases from America's Got Talent and I it was holding out of those and it was like people were like, What are you gonna do with them? And I just like jokingly was like, It'll go in the museum. <laughs> and then Did you keep kinda... those? Tell me you kept those. Oh, I have those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. My... Yeah, no, that was a good move. They're in my mom's basement. <laughs> you have to keep that and that's where they belong. Because <laughs> they don't fit in New York City, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And yeah, I'm sure I, she's I, dreading the clutter in her own basement. I was like, "Hey, I, I'll pay. I'll pay storage fees." <laughs> yeah, well, l- you know what? She could be thankful that you don't have an Azra and a sub trunk. Oh yeah, yeah. If I had like big, <laughs> big illusions, do you have those? Well, I have both of those. <laughs> Are they in, at your in, parents in my folks' basement? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. So yeah. we're in the same boat there. <laughs> Absolutely. Back, back in, uh, back on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's weird moving during a pandemic, too. And just like, I don't know, the whole renting process was strange during the pandemic. And now they want to show the apartment I'm currently in till the end of the month that I have to vacate. And I'm like working around uh, uh, the the landlord or the, the broker showing that and making sure like bringing strangers in that I don't know. It's like, let me know. I'll leave. And, you know, we'll wait till, you know, it's clear because I don't know who's coming if they have COVID or not, or could spread or I don't know. It's yeah, very weird. You got to just do the best you can and keep your distance. And yeah. there's, there's, and I think part of it is just the fatigue of all this talking about different places you go that are packed, what have you. I think it really is a point where 
people are even people that really took this very very seriously are even at this point just they got the COVID fatigue where yeah. it's like I'm so ready to be done mm-hmm. with this. I think mm-hmm. people are kind of some people are feeling that way. Many people, and I, I, I can understand. It's, and it's, it's as hard. it's getting worse, you know, <laughs> with the uh, you know people. Well, that's why I say we're in the seventh inning. Like mm-hmm. now's not the time to to mess it up. Let's try to beat this thing mm-hmm. and, and move ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you're uh, you're traveling soon, yes? Yeah, so by the time by the time we're hearing this, I will I guess be on the airplane. I gotta I gotta get on an airplane. It, it's gotta be it's gonna be for a, a talk show. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I can say exactly what it is yet, but um, I've gotta fly there to do the appearance. What's interesting I want to talk to you about is is what I'm gonna do on the show. I feel like there's nothing stopping me from maybe getting into that a little bit. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I well, before we dive into that, um, this yeah. is the first time flying during the pandemic yes or no actually no i have flown once or twice okay uh during this and it's not really the plane that grosses me out it's it's uh the people the on the plane bit. no no <laughs> <laughs> it's the airport that feels a little bit more closed in yeah yeah i hear you. it just feel i don't know the despite, airport just feels a little dirtier despite the airplane itself being an enclosed tube you think the airport feels but they filter the air <laughs> okay. they say every three minutes you got the new air um gotcha. And right. and they're at limited occupancy on the planes yeah, too. Yeah. All right. All right. So okay. So you got that under your belt. You're not as worried, uh, but you're thinking about what to do on the this talk show. Yeah. Well, I I just think the process that I'm going through for it is kind of interesting, uh, because you know the process particularly, and for mm-hmm. for those that uh, either don't because it's because you're either not a performer <laughs> you don't have yeah. an interest <laughs> in performing on a talk show or it's something you maybe aspire to do and haven't done whatever. A lot of times there's this sort of process where you're maybe taking footage of something else you'd done, another show you had been on, or footage that you perhaps even film at home and for producers to see. And sometimes it's for them to approve a concept, and other times it's just for them to say, okay, we want to know how to shoot this. Let's take a look at the general uh, plot of your routine. Right. Like, for example, on... Late night shows, I think comedians really have to to submit a, a pretty strict script of what they need to stick to. Oftentimes, that's that mostly right? for the censors, I think, too, is to make sure yes. that everything gets approved by you know whatever the network is, and you know they say you can say this word but not this word, and then you have to yeah. change your joke up a little bit, or you know it's all going to be impro- approved. I think Ex- exactly. So television is very much a different game. Even when you talk about music rights, you pay certain mm-hmm. uh, licensing fees to use music in a live setting, but if you want to use that same Bruno Mars song on a television show or a movie, that is a totally different yeah. ball game. So yeah. there are a lot of reasons why a lot of times there's sort of a, a protocol to reviewing what it is you're going to present. This is one of those cases where it feels much more loose, mm-hmm. where it's like, we'd like to have you come and perform. Yeah. We don't really need to see what you're going to do. Great. We just want you bring we whatever want, you want. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Unless, unless of course I show up for the, the blocking rehearsal and they go, Oh no, can you do something else? <laughs> <laughs> but because it is one of those scenarios, which I Matt, really do love Matt, these we thought scenarios. You're, we thought you were going to do magic. You could put the guitar back. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't need I was to hear bring the practice, my triangle, the practice session, <laughs> bongos. <laughs> no, I, I, because it's one of those scenarios where it's a little bit more loose and you have a little mm-hmm. bit more freedom to improvise. 
I think I will. And I want to do some of the the card magic that I've Mm -hmm. been working on for these past uh, eight, nine months during the pandemic and even beyond that and and have a chance to kind of just interact with the host, let it flow. If I feel like going into another routine, I will. If I want to stop there, I will. I kind of have like a beginning and an end in mind. But the middle part, I think I'm just going to kind of let it flow. All right. What do you think? I mean, if you feel confident that it's all killer stuff, you know, the, you, what you don't want is just to be like, all right, I'm going to go into this this piece here. And, you know, if it's dips, I mean, you obviously you want to have ebbs and flows in a, in a performance as well, but you all want it to be killer as well. And you don't want to just throw a quote filler and. I don't, I don't, and it needs to be visual from, for television. From what I know about you, you're not going to go with filler just to <laughs> fill the time. But, you know, it's something to think about if you're truly improvising in the moment. You know, you could fall back on, uh, you know, just whatever comes into your head because the pressure situation is totally different. What I mean by improvise is have kind of several things in mind and know, okay, I can go this route or I can mm-hmm. go that route. Yeah. I can pivot here. I can pivot there. I don't mean like... Like a branch, imp- not coming up with something on the spot yeah. Yeah, that you haven't I don't rehearsed. mean improv in yeah. the sense of uh, improv theater where yeah, you really yeah. want to just clear your head and not plan anything. Right. It's You're jazzing off of your, your standards. Yeah, because he might say, oh, he or she, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, he or she <laughs> might say something that makes me go, oh, well, you know what, if you're already thinking of a card, what if mm-hmm. I told you to reach in your, po- or whatever, it might, yeah. you know, sometimes when, when someone you're performing for says something, and you can sort of jazz off of almost answering their request, it's like real magic. If someone says, oh, imagine if you could yeah, make the card a appear all back together again. I mean, it makes the trick that much more amazing, mm-hmm. especially if you had already planned to do it. Right, right, right. But if right. you can achieve it either way, no no difference. Now, but any, go ahead. Now, how does that play into, say, like the camera blocking and camera angles and being aware if you are, you know, kind of jazzing and uh, making sure, you know, nothing flashes? Well, I think I've been working on so much material that can just be done really surrounded. Like I have things and and I'm thinking about doing some of this when live shows return where I can really just sit at a table and uh, in a non-pandemic environment, literally bring up 10 or 15 people if I want to, to surround the table and surround Mm. me Mm -hmm. and just perform for five, 10 minutes or whatever the slot is in, in, in either the live show or whatever and have it all work, have it all make sense and have it all be things that can be done in that, in that environment. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, certain visual moments, I'll make sure I sort of block through them. And, and, and I think it's one of those things too, where I can just say during the actual live shoot of the show, of the TV show is to just say, I just want to make sure the camera can see my hands. Can you see this? I have no issue with breaking that wall and saying that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I would say, oh, make sure everyone at home can see this and just pausing. Remembering those pauses is something that uh, I could only speak for myself. I certainly, there's always room for improvement because Mm -hmm. there's just a different flow when you have to slow things down for camera, especially right before the the magic moment. People's eyes adjust very quickly when you're performing close-up magic, but the camera, if it's not there yet, 
it can adjust. Right. And it's interesting, too, because uh, just through some of the graphic design work that I've been doing, I've been thinking about like text on screen and it applies to magic too when you're holding up a card or whatever something has to read uh the the general rule of thumb i learned recently was like read it out loud to yourself twice and that'll give people enough time to read it and process it so if you get that timing down of in practice actually saying you know queen of hearts queen of hearts then you know that's enough time that you know just a random viewer can process whatever that card is how did you come up with that that was just a advice from uh titles from just like from movies and captions and stuff like that i was looking at graphic work uh because i was i I spent the last uh uh, week and a half uh putting together instructions for my live stream show uh before the show starts and i had a bunch of text and i wanted to see how long you keep the text up so people can read it and process it Mm mm-hmm so uh, gotcha yeah so i love that tip yeah it's an interesting tip for sure uh i'm gonna try to keep it in mind for when we're recording tomorrow night yeah you can always just like keep it in yeah you can say it silently obviously in your head but we tend to think a little faster than we do say things as well um i remember the old like uh theater trick too when you did your bows we used to like do say in our heads for boston for boston so that everyone kind of would bow at the same time on the first for mm. Boston, you'd go down, and on the second for Boston, you'd come up, and it kind of kept everything in the in the right rhythm. Um, so, like little like mental li- tricks like that help you out. But it's yeah, re- the, that is good. I li- I like that a lot. I'm gonna try to remember that in the moment. The the only thing that does make me nervous is not having been able to perform frequently. And it was the yeah. same thing, you know, when when we talked about doing Magic on America's Got Talent this uh, mm-hmm. just a few months back. It was the same thing, but. I felt very, very comfortable there doing that, so I hope I have that same level of comfort. But this is much less choreographed, and it's going to be a little bit looser, but I like that because it's more of an interview style. Yeah, that that's exactly what kind of has been going on. I did a, a showcase for an opportunity for more gigs coming up, and uh, that comfortability is so important. And uh, normally when I've been doing my virtual shows, I've been doing a live stream with Collins and and, uh, you know, having video and everything like that. And, uh, you know, obviously at the beginning of the pandemic, it was all me figuring it out. But now where we are in December, uh, I feel pretty confident with the choreography of my live stream. However, uh, I don't have as much experience on just doing a show only on Zoom. So that's still fairly new. I mean, I've, I've getting better and the more you do it, the better you get. But until you get to the point where it's almost automatic and you feel comfortable, I think it affects the performance a little bit just because you have to, everything has to be second nature. You can't be worrying about one thing and also have your attention on performance because all your attention should be on the performance at some point and really to let yourself shine. So, uh, you know, as I was doing my first couple Zoom shows on just that platform, it was a little clunky. And and it's funny because you now have to learn all of these platforms because different clients are like, I want to be on Microsoft Teams or Google Meet. So it's a new platform you have to learn. And luckily, a lot of them have similarities, but each has their own little foible and little difference that you have to learn until you do, you know, thousands of shows. (laughs) You know, it's not ingrained 
in you to just be like, oh, I got to click this button now, that, that, that. And it's like when you're driving, you don't think about the steps of how you're driving anymore because, you know, we've, I've driven since 16 and, you know, the, the turn signal and the shifting gears and everything like that, it's all second nature and you could focus on a podcast or whatever and still be safe. Um, Sure. So yeah, it's, it's getting to that automation. I think that's key. And that's the tricky thing I think you have to deal with, with your, you know, television appearances too because again they're all every time we do something that's a little bit uncomfortable or new it's not gonna be as uh if we did it a thousand times and it's polished already right right yeah and just it's not the time to be a perfectionist because we just can't get to that uh that normal repetition in front of real audiences that we normally have. Yeah. Luckily so in the I'm virtual world, it. I think people are, you know, pretty ex- accepting that, you Forgiving. know, it's still, still new ish at this point though, their expectations are a bit higher for sure because they, they expect you to be doing it for a long time. So, you know, you just can't be too concerned with the new stuff, uh, because it's got to get to the point where you can focus on the performance and like your your true personality and your strengths need to come out because that's what people are really paying for, not the not to see you fiddle around with tech or whatever, thinking yeah. about the next routine or yeah. yeah, exactly, fiddle around with tech or fiddle around with your playing cards. They yeah. they, they want to see they want to see magic. Entertain me, dance yeah. monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I did that sh- showcase, and then I did my last uh, perf- college performance of the the semester. And like I said, getting that live stream back to like my home base where I felt comfortable, boy, I I felt real good performing that last show. And uh, I had a you're blast. talking live or live stream? Live stream, live stream, okay. yeah, online. Um, and I was just having fun with the participants, and we were making jokes, and it was just like a whole joyous thing. And I, I think it because I got into that second nature of running everything for that platform that I could really just focus on, you know, myself and the the participants on having a good time together. And I think that's, that's where we really need to go. I wish more people saw it because I mean, it still struggles to get people to tune into virtual shows when, you know, definitely zoom fatigue and online fatigue is surely setting in. But yeah, once all these, uh, states are going back into lockdown. I think people are going to still be looking for entertainment or things to do to keep them busy. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy this uh, holiday season's looking pretty good for me and uh, uh, keep them busy and uh, have some gigs still to come as uh, as we approach the holidays. I love it. That's what yeah. I love to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is going on with you? Well, I was going to ask you before we came on the air, but I'm just going to ask you now. I wanted to wait to find out. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Seen what? Have you seen the official season three trailer of Cobra Kai? <laughs> I saw it came out. I haven't clicked on it yet. Cause I've been, oh, my god! I've been busy doing other things, uh, prepping oh for shows. Uh, but, a, uh, you you got to prioritize, Diddleman. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah? Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I won't dive too much into it because you mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. And right. I imagine uh, may- maybe most or maybe all uh, <laughs> everyone hasn't seen it yet that are listening. Uh, <laughs> no, I know some probably have. It, yeah. It's uh, wow. The, what a great. I feel like they do just as good a job putting together these trailers as they do the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an implication. I'll just give a little tease. There's an implication in the trailer 
that Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso are joining forces. Whoa. For the first time. Yeah, there's time. this moment. <laughs> that, yeah, there's this moment where Dan, Danny says to, to Johnny's character, the only way we're going to get through this is if we work together. So what do you say? And then wow. they, of course, cut to something else. <laughs> then it becomes Double Dragons, the uh, the, the, <laughs> the video game. <laughs> the other the other big thing that we see is the return of characters from Karate Kid Two. The original uh, Kumiko, yeah, Kumiko, Kumiko, who was his uh, sort of girlfriend from in Japan from Karate Kid Part Two, uh-huh. and also his nemesis. Oh yes, chosen. Is, has a return with the original character. So we'll see the ones that they're not teasing that might be coming back, hopefully. Uh, but it looks like an amazing season around the corner. And on that same token, did you watch the MTV Awards? No, I didn't catch that. I don't know. Now, the reason I'm being vague, <laughs> I say MTV Awards because I didn't watch it either. I don't know if it was movie awards or music awards or just awards. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I saw it was on and I tried to like, watch a little on youtube but i i didn't didn't get to it there's one clip that's very much worth watching it, it, travis barker from blink 182 you yep. like blink 182 don't you oh yeah i went through a big pop punk phase in in high school and uh, i saw blink 182 several times <laughs> travis barker and steve aoki perform joe esposito's you're the best around while wearing skeleton costumes from the movie whoa that was an awesome I found out because Joe himself <laughs> told me about it. He had gotten calls from like music publishing companies before this happened saying Steve Aoki is trying to get his hands on the, the master track. Wow. So they called Joe to try to track it down. They're like, we, we purchased the rights. We can't find the master anywhere because they want to isolate the vocal. Yeah. Yeah. So when he told me they, they performed it, I didn't know if there were lyrics. And he's like, oh, yeah, they used my voice from the original. That's amazing. But for a while, there was a chance where they were going to ask him to do a re-record because they couldn't isolate the vocal. But anyway, uh, pretty cool, exciting thing. And uh, the, I think there's some other exciting things coming his way, too, from all of the the popularity of Cobra Kai and uh, we we should have, we should definitely have him on here at some point. I know he's big yeah, into the sure. uh, the podcast world. Every every podcast is having him nowadays, so oh, great. we should be no exception <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I'm glad I got to know him before all this. Yeah, <laughs> before he blew up again. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> uh, you you're gonna have to send me the link, and maybe we can put that in the show notes so people can definitely. Check that out. Yeah. It's a great performance. Very very cool. And Steve Aoki's here in Vegas too. I wonder if him and Joe even realize they're both local. I mean, if there is ever gonna be a re-record, it could probably happen. You on know, this at podcast? Steve Aoki's house <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what if we just did a concert for a whole episode? <laughs> Special event for That's New Year's. Uh, but um, Matt, I think it's that time. Are you ready to put on your thinking cap? Because it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, Matt, we had a good one last week. You liked it. I don't know if uh, you said it was your favorite riddle last week, so I don't know if I can live up to the hype now, even though it was technically a logic puzzle. But uh, here is your riddle this time. You are on an island in the middle of a lake. The lake is in a remote part of the country, and there has never been a bridge connecting the island to the mainland. Every day, a tractor and wagon gives hayrides around the island. 
Puzzled as to how the tractor had gotten onto the island, you ask around and find out that the tractor was not uh, transported to the island by a boat or by air, nor was it built on the island. Explain how the tractor got there. All right, let's. Uh, I, I I think we all need a reread on this. Yeah, it's a little long, but there. Uh, but I think part of the reason it's long is because it's eliminating a lot of the options you would think on how the tractor gets there. So let's try this again. Okay. You you are on an island in the middle of a lake. The lake is in a remote part of the country, and there has never been a bridge connecting the island to the mainland. Every day, a tractor and wagon gives hay rides around the island. Puzzled as to how the tractor had gotten onto the island, you ask around and find out that the tractor was not transported to the island by boat or by air, nor was it built on the island. Explain how the tractor got there. I would say, I think I have an answer. I don't know if it's correct, but I think I have an answer. Tell, tell the thought process. How did he get there? Uh, it it kind of came to me on the second read of the riddle as you were talking about the it's probably in the first sentence or two when you were just talking about the the island Mm -hmm. right before you mentioned the tractor giving tours around the island and you called it a lake Mm -hmm. i think it's a shallow lake and the tractor drove itself to the island well with the help of a human i think uh, lakes by definition have to be like a certain depth because otherwise there's a pond or Oh boy! I don't know. Is this part of the riddle? No, I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out the distinctions between different bodies of water. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like it's not a puddle. It's definitely not a puddle. <laughs> so no. like, like it would be even hard to drive through a pond. I think like, so that's wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's not that it's a shallow lake. <laughs> it's not a shallow lake. The tractor was not built on the island. Correct. There's no bridge. No bridge. And there never was a bridge. There never was a bridge, and it was not transported by boat. Or by air. Or by air. Um, Talk it out. Talk it out. Well, it wasn't put on a raft, because that kind of counts as a boat. Right. A crane? Transported. Is there a crane also on the island? I would call that by air. (laughs) Oh, that's by air? If you're lifting up a tractor. Really? It's right. in the air. <laughs> well, I thought air meant like helicopter. Like dropped it down. Parach- yeah, like a helicopter. Parachuted a tractor. <laughs> oh, is it, yeah. Parachute counts as by air too, huh? <laughs> hmm. How did the tractor get to the island? I will give you, uh, you're on the right track with your first guess. Oh, okay. So there, it was, uh, what did you say? I said that it's a shallow lake. But you said island. That means it's surrounded by water on all four sides. Yeah, it's not a peninsula. Mm-hmm. It's not an isthmus. What other land features can we name? <laughs> it's not a cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, what did you say uh, uh, with the idea of the shallow lake? How did it get across? It drove it- there itself. Oh, it drove there before there was water. That is an idea, but a lake doesn't just pop up. I mean, well, there are man-made lakes. Unless it's a man-made lake, but no, no, no. But how else can you drive to the island? How else can you drive there? Yeah, if you're driving the tractor to the island, how else could you get across the water? Uh, Underwater? 
No, that would submerge it. That would be probably ruin the <laughs> tractor. Although we should probably ask our friend Norman about this. He is big into <laughs> fixing tractors. I'm sure True. he could have. Uh, it said it wasn't built on the island, but it didn't say it wasn't fixed up on the island. But that's not the answer that I have here. What's his website? I save tractors. Get a little free plug in here. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I don't know the exact <laughs> one, but uh, our friend Norman, who used to be a, a m- magical performer, switched gears into the tractor fixing business and super successful um very nice uh what time of year do you think it is when when the tractor uh, got there <laughs> uh wow i did not deserve a win on this one the lake is frozen isn't it the lake was frozen when the tractor uh. was driven across it to get there and then obviously it stayed there when the water or the ice melted so I'll you got you me that. i think it's pretty cool I think it's a pretty cool riddle. It's very satisfying riddle. If I had gotten that, I would have been extremely satisfied with that answer. <laughs> even then, even not getting it, it feels satisfying. And I can tell by how discouraged I am. Yeah. And that's why they had to eliminate so many other things because people were like, well, this is how I would get attracted to an island. But, uh, you know, right. just wait till the lake freezes. Although, can you imagine if that lake was not like really frozen over and trying to get, I would be so terrified. Oh yeah. Very <laughs> precarious task. I would yeah. not be doing that. No, no, no. It's gotta be like, you know, frozen tundra level lake frozen. <laughs> I think to feel confident driving a tractor across it. I don't understand how like ice fishing works or any of that stuff too. I just feel like, you know, I don't understand how any fishing works. I've never been fishing. Have you? (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) Uh, Just being on a frozen lake does not seem like a good time for me. (laughs) This is actually tangentially related, uh, the the trivia that I have. Oh, all right. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia. Fishers? Fishers. Not like fishermen. Fishers. F-I-S-S-U-R-E-S. Fishers. Fishers. Okay. Is that how it's pronounced? I think I think it's more of a j sound. More of a j. Uh, fishers, vents, and plugs are all associated with what geological feature? Fishers, vents, plugs. Fishers, vents, plugs. I'm down I'm between two. Without Vents. options. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Well, they're kind of tin. Uh, they're kind of related, actually. The two I'm thinking. I'm gonna just talk this out. Um, because I think this has to kind of do with the Ring of Fire and faults, and uh, you obviously you gotta re- vents release steam. So I think the first thing I went to for fissure was it's kind of related to earthquakes, but I don't think vents and plugs really do. Um, but I think related to earthquakes of why uh, they actually erupt are volcanoes, is my guess. Is that correct? It is! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Good work! Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. There, I know there's, like, weird, like, tunnels and vents and, like, for dormant or, like, inactive volcanoes. You could actually, like, go down. Again, another precarious situation I would not do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not maybe just as dangerous as driving a tractor across the frozen lake, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I I had the opportunity to get near 
a volcano when I went to Hawaii, but I didn't have enough time to actually go and explore and like, but like you could get like close to hot magma and stuff on these trips I, to Hawaii. I did bike down one in Hawaii, but I don't remember there being magma. Yeah. Well, some, some like ooze out some are, you don't want to be near like, you know, a big eruption, obviously that's super dangerous, but, um, Thanks. I, I would like to see lava up close, but I don't want to get too close. Cause again, I, I'm worried I would hurt myself. <laughs> Yeah, I could watch it on YouTube. I'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Yeah, that was good. Well done. Uh, good trivia. Good riddle. Well done. Um, uh, what else is going on? We we've uh, gotten to this uh, rhythm of doing more ph- philosophical things that have to do with de- uh, dealing with performing and everything after the the little uh, palate cleanser in the middle. Uh, and I was just curious because um, I know. With some of the Vegas shows that came up, uh, you know, uh, you're you're always conscious about selling tickets and reviews and everything like that. And uh, one of the ways people find out about shows or or, or rate the shows is uh, through you know TripAdvisor, Yelps, whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of a lot of criticism that can happen. Uh, so I'm just curious, uh, just in general as performers. How you handle criticism? Because we're not going to be able to please everyone. Obviously, uh, that's it's a goal. It's a nice goal to have, but realistically, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. But uh, uh, have you had negative reviews that you remember in your shows? Um, how you dealt with that when people, uh, you know, kind of criticize your performance after the show? Because you know, if someone comes up to me and says, "I thought that this part was lousy," you know, that's all I'm thinking about, rather than all the other praise I think uh, you get. Uh, but I'm just curious what that approach is, and then if there's any anything we've learned from showbiz that can kind of apply to other professions when you're dealt criticism in the workplace, how you can best, uh, best approach that. Well, we've, we've definitely been fortunate for the past five years. I believe, I believe we actually have, if not the highest, definitely amongst the highest reviews on, on say Yelp, TripAdvisor, Vegas.com among Vegas show, certainly any Vegas magic show. Very, very strong. Yeah, I didn't bring this up because I was reviews. like, well, you you must know. You get a ton. No, no, I, no. I, no. I, mean, I know it's but, rare to get, you know, uh, no, criticisms. And it's, stuff. it's worth mentioning because no matter mm-hmm. what, of course, of course, you, you can't um, you can't please everybody. When, mm-hmm. when someone leaves any sort of I mean, let's just talk about even YouTube comments. Yeah, I mean, any any time you're in some sort of if you're doing some sort of public display of anything mm-hmm. there is going to be there are going to be people who have for whatever reason a less than favorable experience with it and sometimes it's because they just lost their life savings in the casino two hours earlier i mean it could be anything there's so many outside things that could affect someone's opinion of anything a movie what have you yeah and there's there's something about the anonymity of the internet too when you don't have to use your real name where people feel like they can be a little bit meaner and you know especially on youtube comments you know that's definitely the case no, so totally. It's like, and, and, you know, reviews at the same time, since you mentioned reviews specifically, go such a long way. So, uh, I'm so thankful for, for those that have decided to, to come to the show and leave a five-star positive re- yeah. review. I'm so thankful for those listening right now 
that will maybe take just a moment to leave us a five-star review. <laughs> well done. <laughs> on their podcast platform, wherever they're listening to this, if it just take a moment, because you know it goes a long way, and it even helps the algorithm if they just leave a little bit of a comment along with those five stars, right? We did not even mention this, listeners. That's just how smooth Matt is. <laughs> so so just to, just even mention how smooth that transition into the, the plug for, <laughs> for reviews is in your review. We could have meta reviews. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but, yeah uh, it does help. It does definitely help and gets, uh, you know, other people who aren't familiar to check it out. Cause I, I mean, even just with moving companies I was looking at and, you know, I go to Yelp and I saw this guy, this one has a ton of reviews and it's all five stars. It's like, they've got to be good. There's got to be a reason they're getting that. Now it's interesting to see, I, I believe there should really be a recommend or not recommend function for most of these because it's like what is a three-star review really telling you <laughs> you know right you know right. it's like it's like one or five that's what i want to know is it awful or is it good um yeah yeah <laughs> and well sometimes it's in the middle but i still think yeah. they it would be helpful to have a recommend or not recommend yeah. for one reason or another but it all depends i mean i think that the the thing with dealing with it in general is you can't be too emotionally invested in, in in what those things are, whether they be super positive or negative. Yeah. You have to take everything with a grain of salt, right? You, mm -hmm. you can't believe your own press. That's an old saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it's close. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. Yeah, believe your own publicity or whatever. Um, and there's a place to boast about yourself. But yeah, just uh, in terms of actually talking, you know, and getting feedback from someone. One, I always get, I always take feedback more seriously when it's someone from someone I know and respect. And like, if it's a director or someone who's willing to give me notes, like then I can really be like, oh, I really got to reevaluate what I'm doing. Uh, that's not to say the audience's opinion doesn't count for anything either, because they're the ones who are purchasing and having the experience. So their, their experience is just as valid. And if they, you know, went for a good time and they didn't have that, then that's something to be concerned about as well. I think when it comes to really figuring out how many adjustments you can make is one figuring out, yes, you can appease everyone. Maybe it's just not that person's taste, uh, but more so looking towards your track record, right? So if you're getting a lot of good reviews and like one negative review comes along, you can kind of discount it as opposed to if you're getting a lot of negative reviews, then it's something to be really aware of and, you know, take note of and make changes to, to fix that trend. So um, I think you got to take it case by case and really trust if you trust what you're doing, you know, maybe you even know where some of the problem areas are yourself. And you're like, yeah, I, 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 I was hoping they didn't notice that, but they noticed that that's something I knew I was going to fix anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I oftentimes agree with those types of criticisms yeah. from those that you respect. It's like, yeah, it's new. I'm working on it. I agree. This is where it needs to go. It's not working yeah. yet as well as it should. I think I would notice more if there was um, a discrepancy between the immediate feedback you get from a live audience versus what people versus what the word of mouth is of the show. Yeah. If yeah. there was a big discrepancy there, then you need to reevaluate. If you go out there and and in your memory, the audience was laughing, having a good time, and gave a standing ovation or two. Mm -hmm. You're you and then, but the word of mouth that you're hearing through some other avenue is overwhelmingly negative then it's like oh wait a minute am i am i not really evaluating what the audience is telling me live 
those things should be in line with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and you get into the thing of like, are people just, uh, finding some sort of grudge against you? Sorry, as you hear, uh, trucks go by in the background. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the fire alarm. They're, they, they're after us. Uh, but, uh, when uh yeah you're just wondering if like oh i'm getting all, if you're getting all these negative reviews it's like is it someone just having a grudge against me uh and they're like kind of like bombing with their fans to kind of like uh you know down downvote your youtube video for some reason and and again you're gonna judge it against what you your track work record how you feel about it uh how other people normally feel about it and if there's yeah. a inconsistency it- yeah, That's it's tricky. not something I dive too deep into, but if it ever became an issue where where things weren't uh, really, really good in terms of feedback, then obviously it would be it would be a more difficult situation to handle and evaluate. But again, you can't take things that are positive to heart either. You can't just believe because yeah. you you have to just keep trying to do what you think is best to improve regardless believe your own hype that's the phrase is that the phrase <laughs> i think so because <laughs> we certainly know many people who do and they're you know it, it, it just happens a lot in the entertainment world of people who are constantly selling themselves to you you know their clients and whatever but then when you're amongst peers it's like yeah man we're on the same boat i i knew you when you were bad when you were young <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah be humble really and just kind of definitely you know, go yeah. but it, it's amazing how much you can achieve when you do have opinions that you that you trust. Yeah, that absolutely. that you hear from. So it, it just it, it goes such a long way. It just goes such a long way if you have opinions that you can trust along the way. And and one of those is the the collective voice of the audience that you really can't duplicate until you get in front mm-hmm. of an audience. And the other is your peers. I yeah. ask you for uh, your take on things all the time when I'm working on something. And yeah, vice and that's versa. based off of experience. And that's why a lot of performers, and I always encourage like working with a director too to give you that outside eye because sometimes you can't see that forest from the trees. Uh, and uh, that, that'll give you at least some perspective that's outside your own and you can adjust accordingly. Um, but I think like, yeah, just in any kind of outside of the entertainment world, even like if you're doing your work and you get a criticism now, just again, weigh it against your track record, right? If you know you're doing good work, you know, and a criticism comes along and you're not getting them all the time, just be like, yeah, I could brush that one off because, uh, you know, people are might just having a bad day, want to complain about something too, or, or trying yeah. to give you constructive criticism. They just don't know how to, you know, give good criticism. Uh, yeah. Cause that's, that's a, that's an art form in itself to be productive in your criticisms. But I think one of the things you said, you, you can't appeal to everyone. It's just so important to remember. You're yeah. not going to ap- uh, appeal to a hundred percent of people, a hundred percent of the time and whatever you mm-hmm. create isn't going to either. So while we might average five stars with thousands of reviews there are people who will give it one star and say this is the worst thing of all time and they will also say that about uh bruno mars and And, penn and teller and not the same person necessarily unless they really just hate everything (laughs) and and they say the mona lisa is trash and like uh, this is you you know what's really funny is i've actually yeah exactly i I referenced (laughs) bruno mars twice since we've been talking and i'm not sure why you're on a you're on a bruno Bruno mars kick i don't know not particularly i I have no idea why he was my frame of reference in in both of my examples but he was was it because you were catching grenades earlier 
<laughs> Catching grenades. Yeah, yeah. Because the song is that a reference to the song or Jersey Shore? Abs- or do you absolutely. not know what I mean by the Jersey Shore? I reference? don't know the Jersey Shore <laughs> reference at all. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, you could just uh, kind of take it in stride and just learn to to brush things off. And I think that's that, that's the nice thing about uh, doing many shows uh, because. You know, sometimes you get in that feeling after a bad show that just stays with you. Because what's the old adage in showbiz? You're only good as the last performance you've done, right? Yeah, but you got to really preface this because you, you, when we talk about this, it's not necessarily a bad show. You feel that it was a right. bad show because you're your own worst critic. Of course, of course. So, yeah. so I've had quote unquote bad shows that apparently were fantastic. But to me, it was like, oh, I can't wait to do another one to, to yeah. just get out of this. <laughs> This feeling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's a certain level of perfection that you're striving for. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely the hardest on ourselves when it comes to what, because we know what it could can be, and we want to live up to that potential. And if you fall short of that potential, you feel like you're, you know, uh, you know, not living up to yourself and your best, best life, your best self. It's important not get not to get particularly attached to, to any of these things. Listen to the feedback, take it in, let it sort of assimilate with your your knowledge of things, and remember that these things are just thoughts that sort of come and go. And yeah. the ones that keep showing up are the ones to look at. Exactly. Yeah. If there's consistency and like you know recurring notes that you see, that's when you're like, oh, I should address that. Um, but just the fact of uh, doing multiple shows and having that track record, uh, it reminds me of my improv training, too, where you can't be so precious about every individual thing because uh, at the end of an improv show or improv scene, it's it's tissue paper. You throw it away. It's done. It's gone forever. And it's not mm-hmm. like you can go and re-improvise that scene again because that's, I guess, a sketch <laughs> if it's rehearsed right uh, so you just kind of have to let it go and uh you know with improv particular you fail a lot a lot of times and you learn those tricks to hopefully improve that batting average to get great scenes but there's going to be duds from time to time and you just gonna kind of have to accept that and move forward and still trust your your training and your background and your sense of taste yeah, I would, lo- I would love to take an improv class someday. It's such an intriguing, uh, intriguing <laughs> thing. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, they're all online now. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to do improv. That's why I said someday. It's tough. It's tough. I've seen some improv shows. It's 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 a challenge, but I've seen also some people do it successfully. And I mean, it's still weird that you can't really do the physical movements around the stage. Oh, they're actually uh, doing it digitally, virtually. Yeah, some people on Zooms. You know, a lot of short form stuff works well on on Zooms, uh, conference calls and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh. It's uh, just everyone's adapting to this COVID world. But um, but the reason I thought about this, too, is just like with some of these shows that are opening up or which are now closing again, uh, I'm sure reviews can be tough in the COVID times. And some people you, you were talking about virtual shows earlier that you, there's a lot of forgiveness as people are learning this and figuring it out. But there's also those people who are just not forgiving for whatever reason. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, that's concerning. And just to see you know, what, what kind of audiences are going to these social distance shows in Vegas. And if they're giving you bad reviews or for whatever reason, are those really the people you want to trust anyway, when it comes to reviews? I think that's fascinating. We're humans. 
We're yeah. performers. We're fragile beings. Oh, yeah. If you're hearing this now, if it doesn't hurt you, try to be gentle. <laughs> I mean, a lot, That's of, all. a lot of the reason entertainers get into showbiz is just for that approval. That's all just we want. Just for that <laughs> approval that we so desperately, for whatever reason, need. So try to be gentle. And, and yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think if we you have constructive criticism, Deliver it privately. Yeah. <laughs> and with kindly. A smile. Give a compliment <laughs> <a> first. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You ever work so, like, pour your heart and soul into something, work on it for so long, and then you realize it's not going to work? Oh, you just yeah. know before oh, you even yeah. put it in front of the audience, like, oh, it just doesn't feel right, and I got to X this. And, like, even that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an art to giving criticism. I mean, I've done a lot of directing and uh, giving notes as well. And even even back to my teaching days, they kind of tell you how to like fix, you know, uh, I was giving notes as a back in my choral teacher days where you had to give someone a, a criticism. Uh, you know, you, you sandwich it between two compliments, say what they're doing right and a little thing they need to improve on and then something else they're doing right. And that that kind of uh, gives the medicine to take the criticism to go down easier. Absolutely. I try to kind of take it in now too. Like I'll just kind of take a deep breath rather than react to whatever, uh, if someone, even if you, if you were to give me advice right now on yeah. something uh, of a routine that I was working on, and rather well, than sort of react and justify why I'm doing it a certain way that you maybe disagree with, I just kind of maybe, uh, I aim to take a deep breath, kind of take mm -hmm. it in, evaluate it, and then respond rather than react. Yeah, I talked to my friend Ken Weber about this a lot, and he wrote the book Maximum Entertainment, which is all director's notes for magicians and kind of entertainers, performers. And that's one of the things in his book is uh, if you are receiving notes, don't argue back because you're getting that note for a reason. And you may disagree with it later, but, you know, listen to it, process it, and then decide now, when you're getting the note isn't the time to decide whether it's a valid note or not. You should just listen to it and, and adjust. I believe he also says, don't give advice if uh, you're not asked for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm, mm hmm That's an important one. I, I'm sure you don't just show up to a show and then right. talk to the performer after and be like, hey, why, I would change this, this, and this. Right. And I, ha I always have notes because uh, I can't turn that director part of me off sometimes when I see shows, but it's just not appropriate to then go up to someone and be like, I w unless it's like a huge thing that I think like, they're going to want to hear this. Like that, that comes up very rarely. It's like, yeah. this is going to drastically change everything and you're going to love it. You know, uh, you know, that, that I might do unprompted. <laughs> it is a, it is an interesting read, a uh, maximum entertainment. It's an interesting read. I think it's very helpful for those that are even just looking to make a full-time go at mm -hmm. entertainment, at the entertainment world. I think it would, would have yeah. been helpful if I read it earlier on. Yeah. I read it more more recently. And he's and got a second one out, 2.0. Uh, that's the I, one I. That's actually the one I read. Yeah, and I helped edit it, so you can see my name in there. <laughs> yeah, your name definitely was in there. Um, and I, I, it's a, it's a good it's 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 a great book to interact with because you can you can kind of agree or disagree with certain opinions too. Which actually I really that that's what makes a book engaging for me if it's a sort of nonfiction genre. Right. 
And I, and it's also a difference too if you know the person really well. Like when we give each other notes, we're pretty blunt, and we there's know it's not gonna we know it's not gonna hurt our feelings because we know there's a longer history between us that you know we're all just trying to make each other the best we can at what we do. So you know, I'll I'll just tell you right out like that, oh, Matt, that sucks, and you're like, yeah, okay. You know, you, I think one of my like <laughs> if I had to quote you, if, which is what I hear is I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually not the whole thing yeah, as a yeah. whole but yeah, yeah, there'll be one yeah. part where you're just like i hate it because <laughs> that's like, good yeah i don't want to sugarcoat things with you because i don't have to you know no no that's you know good hearing respect. that you hate something is helpful yeah, yeah absolutely. it's like okay why do you hate it is yeah. it actually wrong is it a personal yeah. thing for you that you hate it like is it <laughs> right are a lot of people gonna hate it is it you know how can we what, what would make you not hate it yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely so <laughs> and I th- it would be weird if i like was like well matt i think uh your attire looks great i hate the trick <laughs> But the set looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you if you tried to follow the, your own advice of giving uh, a compliment first and say, imagine that, I really like your jacket. I would be like, oh, geez, where is this going? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but we should uh, move on to our goals. Our goals, uh, we had goals from last week. Uh, your goal was to re- make a goal, which you made. And you uh, wanted to get your Christmas shopping done. And that's uh, your ongoing goal for December. How you doing? Uh, I've made some some serious progress on it, actually. Fantastic. Yeah, Good. things have been. Uh, I, I, some things have been physically sent sent Ooh. out. Whoa. Wrapped and ready to go. Uh, some things are have already come in or continue to come in, and I'm still not done, but very very good progress. And just to backpedal to previous goals of organization. In the office, it still looks like a bomb hit it, but I did make major progress, and I yeah. got my small but growing library uh, shelves organized alphabetically. Do you think there's by- something psychological? Because uh, I, I've noticed this, too, because uh, one of my goals was to continue packing. The other one was uh, seeing more one-person shows, which we'll get to in a moment. But as I'm packing, I again, I still have so much stuff, so it doesn't even look like I made a dent. But I cleared off a big chunk of my desk, a area that was all cluttered between my desk and my bookshelf and like the tops of things that were all super cluttered and those are all gone and like just psychologically even though i you know it didn't do much like i feel like my brain's a bit decluttered too at the same time and i just feel a little bit more content and a little bit more focused on how i'm gonna approach everything else yeah, is it's there, amazing. Is, is there something to that? Is, I don't know. Definitely, I, yeah. I believe so. I believe there's totally something to that. And let me tell you, just organizing bookshelves and like alphabetizing and putting categories in different sections, like just I, I wanted to just sit there and look at it for a yeah. while after yeah. I had finished with it. Yeah, because just, it just, you accomplish yeah, it something. creates headspace. <laughs> I think it does create headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even That's, the activity of organizing things uh, is sort of a focused activity that can be helpful too. Yeah, I think it also plays into my uh, uh, background in games. There's so many games where you have to like organize things into certain categories, and you're like, all right, if I can make a game out of cleaning, maybe. Well, there's definitely Tetris with packing too. <laughs> yeah, just, just things don't disappear. 
<laughs> I don't want to get too sidetracked, but with your books, I see plenty behind you. Do you categorize them at all, or is there any, or you just kind of know where they are? Uh, for this, this is just to look good uh, aesthetically okay. for my virtual background. Uh, okay. Which, uh, the audience can't see what we're talking about, but I have a big bookshelf behind me that I use for yeah. that's full of games and everything. Uh, I'll probably, when I redo the studio, I have to break this all down and then put it all back up in the new apartment. I'll probably organize it in a way that's still aesthetically pleasing, uh, but just so I could actually find stuff. But there's generally like there's books on like comedy all in one section. There's books on like screenwriting and TV writing all in one uh, yeah. section and so forth like that. And like these are all puzzle books in one area too. Uh, a lot of Martin Gardner stuff and uh, uh, things like that. So they're they're kind of chunked in categories, but. Um, it's tough but, to categorize, especially in magic, because it's yeah. like, do I categorize it by subject, like card magic, stage magic? Some books have both. Uh, do you categorize by publisher or author or like subject? Yeah. Because it might be the Book of Magic by Di Vernon, written by Lewis Ganson. So does yeah. that go under Di Vernon? Does that go under Lewis Ganson? You know, Richard Kaufman has published a million books. Do you put his uh, all together? But it's a book about Derek Dingle. So should it go? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's the it's size hard. too. It's like these books just won't fit on the shelf. They're so right. big. So all the big right. books have to go down here. You know? Right. Yeah. So, but I, I figured out a system that that works for me. So I, I feel very, That's very great. good about that. Yeah. This, this weirdly ties into the one person show I watched too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a uh, it's a comedy special, and I usually don't go to straight up stand up specials because you know that's just kind of a long performance there's not a lot necessarily a lot of theatrical elements so I'll, I'll tune in if i know there's like a theatrical decision being made and uh this one's on uh, hbo uh you can check it out <clears throat> excuse me uh but it's called my favorite shapes by julio torres Okay. And Julio Torres, I knew, uh, is a writer for SNL, very funny uh, uh, comedian, and very out there, alt, very, like, uh, you know, bizarre stuff. So I was curious what he was going to do for this uh, special, and I heard great things. Uh, but it's so it was so enlightening to see how weird you can get in a one-person show. Like, just how out there bizarre. Because it opens up. I don't want to give away, you know, too much. But uh, it's this weird, like, futuristic-looking set that's made up of strange shapes. And he has a conveyor belt. And he's wearing this, like, sparkly white jacket, clear shoes. Like, he's kind of, like, into this futuristic outfit. And he's just sitting at this conveyor belt. And he's like, I'm going to show you some of my favorite shapes. And he clicks a little pedal. And the conveyor belt comes out, and a shape comes out, and he does a bit about the shape, and oh, it's funny. And then he, just, when he's done with the bit, goes back out the conveyor belt, and then another one comes out, and like, you're gonna have to redefine what you think shapes are <laughs> as you watch this special, because sure. some are some are not just like circle or whatever; they get a little bit more elaborate. But uh, mm -hmm. he's got punchlines and bits, and it's a full hour of this. But uh, but you can. I was worried, like, how long could you sustain that if it gets monotonous? And the flow was really, really clever. It was really fun to watch. And he even breaks it up by this weird... Uh, he, he gets uh, out of his seat, puts on these weird, trans, uh, uh, like, traveling gla glasses, like, futuristic traveling glasses that has a video feed of the audience, which is kind of strange. Very and he cool. goes to the other side of the stage where he does, like, almost more traditional stand-up, but it's still kind of a show-and-tell um, I don't want to say it's like Carrot Top, but there's definitely a prop comedy element to it of I'm going to pull out a thing and do a bit with it and then put it back. 
Mm-hmm. So, so I'm curious if you if you check it out, what you think about it. It's definitely yeah, I'd weird. love to see it. It's definitely weird. It's definitely out there. It's definitely uh, to tie into our earlier conversation. Not for everyone, for sure. Oh right, <laughs> right. definitely gonna people who watch this and just or like I don't get it because uh, but I think he's intentionally trying to be weird and out there and knows that there's going to be parts that alienate the audience but uh, it, you, there's going to be parts that are super hilarious too and I found myself laughing a lot during this special so I recommend it it was really fun I was just going to say it sounds like you're giving it a recommend five yeah, stars yeah yeah I'll give a <laughs> thumbs up recommend uh, <laughs> exactly awesome ties into awesome. all of our conversations <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, very cool. I, I definitely would like to see that. And like you said, some things just work like theatrically. It sounds like the whole conveyor belt thing. Yeah. And it just flowed. And I love I love when things come together like that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun because he just pulls out random toys that he liked to. And those are his shapes for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. great. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah. And I think I'm just going to continue. Uh, you know, I made good progress with my packing and uh, just trying to get this move done going to be a big sigh of relief when that's all finished uh at the end of the month and you'll I'm get there new yeah it, 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 it's been a solid goal week for me not only the organization the christmas shopping i also cracked into thinking fast and slow nice the book good 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 how do you pronounce the author's name again Kahneman. con conman 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 yeah Con. not con man no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah so cracked into that everything's moving everything's uh everything exciting I, i'm kind of also excited just to get a get get through the rest of 2020 and get through the holidays and kind of take a deep breath uh come january because there's a lot going on right now yeah i know one of my future goals once i'm in the new place because i can already feel my headspace kind of opening up is to get back into just like cracking into my pile of books that i have and i just have so many books i'm on my list and uh to get Mm -hmm. through those i think that'll be a good uh start of the new year the new place everything's kind of fresh have a maybe even a reading nook area where I have designated because I think that's kind of interesting too. To, I've got uh, one. Yeah, to like have different locations for specific purposes so that like, you know, some of the problems with my bad sleeping habits is I'm just doing everything, you know, in the same room, you know, while in bed sometimes doing work on the computer and to separate those two functions so that you're not, you know, associated work with where you're supposed to be sleeping. Yeah, no, I think that stuff does make a difference. I try to abide by it too. Of course, we all break the rules occasionally, but yeah, I try to abide by that stuff myself. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I look forward to talking to you uh, next week as well. We got more stuff planned up. Maybe we'll do like a end of the year wrap up coming up soon of uh, what what happened in 2020. Our highlights. Uh, there might be a, like a low light or two this year. Is anything? <laughs> Uh, sounds but, uh, good man great hanging thanks yeah. everyone for joining us but in the meantime definitely uh like matt said rate review us do all those things podcasts ask you to do uh, recommend uh, on all those uh wherever you're listening to this now and uh follow us on the social media at mind magic pod and shoot us an email if you got feedback topics you want us to discuss riddles for me to challenge matt with trivia you want matt to challenge me with uh, gentle feedback uh, yeah gentle feedback <laughs> At mind a compliment over- first. <laughs> Sandwich between compliments. Uh, our email is mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, that that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you tuning in. And we'll see you next time. 